Antoinette Oglethorpe here with the next episode of the Talent Development Mastery podcast. Today I'm talking to Claire Norman and um, I must say I've known Claire for years um, because a long, long time ago she and I worked together at Accenture um, where she was in a learning and development role, as was I. Before that she was with NatWest. And most recently, she's been heading up development for leaders of all levels of Accenture. One of the things that's really impressed me about Claire is um, her involvement with all modern things and moving into the uh, current age of digital working. She's actually won awards from Brandon Hall and the Management Innovation Exchange for her groundbreaking work with um, the launch of things like the Individualized Leadership Program, the 30-day challenge, which I personally really enjoyed, and employee experience. Um, you may have seen her talk about some of these because she presents at lots of conferences. She's also a prolific blogger and has written magazine articles on action learning and a book called Being a Sunbeam. So Claire has loads of experience in coaching and she's been instrumental in setting up and nurturing the coaching network which is a group of more than 650 people who wanted to build their coaching skills for the benefit of the business. And that is a great lead into what we're going to talk about today, because we're going to be talking about specifically how transition coaching can help facilitate organizational change. So Claire, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Antoinette. So Claire, I said then that we're talking really about the link between um, coaching and business. And I know that, like me, you're passionate about the power of unlocking human potential in order to drive business results. But that's one of those things that's really quite easy to say and not necessarily so easy to do. So how do we unlock that human potential? Great question. Um, One of the things that I believe in, and and it really underpins everything I do, that is, if that we, is that if we put people first, then business impact will follow. So, if we can figure out what people's passions are, what their strengths are, and overlap those with what the business needs, then we'll actually um, get the business impact that we're looking for. And also, when, you, when you're putting people first, you're treating them as human beings uh, rather than a cog in this massive wheel. Uh, and every human being is fallible. We all have fears. We all have doubts. And when we're faced with change, which of course is prevalent in today's world, then those fears and doubts get bigger and bigger. And that just leads to a slowdown in our productivity levels. And, um, you know, we're, we're trying to figure it all out. We're trying to transition well. But, you know, sometimes that's very, we can do that consciously or we can do it very unconsciously. Um, but we need to get back to productivity. Uh, and, and therefore, this transition coaching is really important to help people to uh, make that transition well. So, I mean, one of the things that, you know, change is happening all the time and, you know, people talk about um, change and organizational change uh, repeatedly. 
Um, you're talking here about transition coaching. Mm. Um, is there a difference between change and transition or are they different words for the same thing? They are very different words and they mean different things, but they happen together. So you'll notice that I use the word change when I'm talking about perhaps the direction that a business is taking, or maybe it's a life change like moving roles, um, having a baby, for example. These are external things that happen. So that's what changes. Now, inside of us, the internal piece is transition. That's the human side of change. And in my experience, people who manage change do manage the process changes really well. The, they focus on um, helping the business to make those changes, perhaps introducing new systems, etc. But it's rare to see that the human transition piece is being supported. And what happens if you have change without transition is that the change will not be successful. So again, mm -hmm. you can see back to this point about putting people first in order for the business to succeed. If you can help people with the, the human side, the transition that they need to make, then actually the change will be much more successful. So, so I guess I'm hearing you say that a lot of the change projects and change managers are managing the organizational change, but they're ignoring or, or not realizing that they also need to manage the human transition. Yes, yeah, and they might do some of that um, in um, perhaps communications campaigns and things like that, but they are a bit one-sided and they, they don't, they're, they're focused much more at the macro level rather than at the micro level of the individual and helping the individual to figure out what's in this for me, what am I losing, what am I gaining, um, what are all these questions I've got that are going unanswered. Yeah. Right. So, um, you know, as you said there, or hinted at there, it's a very individual thing, and change is is ongoing. Mm. How do we address individual transition each time there is a change in the organisation? Well, um, William Bridges is well known for his. Uh, research into transitions and he talks about transitions going through three phases. There's an ending, there's a, what he calls a, a neutral zone, I would call it a no man's land, and then there's a beginning. And for each person we need to help them to make a good ending and then to work through that no man's land despite many of the unknowns and then also to make a new beginning. And of course, there are lots of emotions that are mixed up with endings and beginnings, um, you know, grief, for example, about um, the loss of what's gone before and what's no longer. Maybe there's a feeling of betrayal there. Um, there's almost certainly a fear of the unknown. And these emotions are the things that really can slow us down as well, because we we kind of tend to get ourselves in knots as individuals. We're, we're mulling it over, we're thinking it over in our heads, but we're not really resolving anything. So this is where we could do with some support to really talk it out loud, to 
acknowledge what's going on for us as an individual and then to figure out what our next steps are. And, you know, one person could react so very differently to another in times of change. One person might look at something very positively, another person might might have very different reactions. And so that's why it's so individualized and unique, really, depending on their context. And, you know, that could be with a great manager who understands the dynamics of transitions, and, of course, there would need to be a lot of trust in that relationship before an individual would feel that they could talk about their fears and doubts and vulnerabilities with their manager. Because, of course, managers own the performance management process. And, um, you know, if that's the case, people don't like to admit their insecurities um, to their managers. So that's why another option really is to use a coach, uh, somebody who is neutral, uh, who has no biases, has no... Um, judgment of the individual that can really help them to express what's going on in a in a very safe way and and then to work through that it strikes me that um you know what we're trying to do here you know in relation to bridges work is to help move people through these stages so that they don't get stuck in the past mm. but actually move um, you know, internally, psychologically, um, with the changes that are going on externally in the organisation. Mm. Um, but what about those organisations where they never really decide on what the change is? And so that new beginning never quite seems to arrive. Um, how, where does that leave people? Do people get stuck in no man's land? Really good question. I, I, I think they probably find their own new beginning in a way. And what the danger of that is that everybody finds a different new beginning in your organization. Um, so everybody then is working to a different um, vision. Uh, so there is, so, you know, that just does go to show that you still need the change management piece as well as the transition management piece because there needs to be a um, especially in organizational change where you want everybody to be pulling in the same direction there needs to be that one direction uh, specified Mm. but also I'm thinking about how um, change happens so fast that quite often one change isn't embedded before the next one comes along and so of course that can cause a lot of confusion and more uncertainty and more doubt and so yes you would you would send people back if you like back into the endings and into the no man's land before they can um, start the beginning Mm. Uh, so it's a real churning I suppose Mm. yes um and yeah, and I see that I do see that with quite a few um, clients where organisations, as you say, don't embed um, one change before another one is thrown at them. Specifically, mm. probably in the in the public sector. Um, mm. So, can you give us an example of um, when you might use a coach to help a person through a transition? Yeah. So, let's think about onboarding. So as a business, you've invested a lot of money recruiting a senior executive. And so, of course, you want this new 
person to be productive as soon as possible and they want to impress you as soon as possible. Now, the um, the thing here is that the, the this new recruit doesn't want to admit his or her insecurities and fears to the new boss, but they're all going to be lurking there underneath the surface and stopping him or her from being uh, as productive as they could be. So this is where the neutral coach really helps. And so let's say that the organization is really forward thinking and actually they decide to provide the person with a coach before he even starts working at the organization. And the great thing about this is that the, the coach can start to help the individual to pinpoint what he or she needs to leave behind and what he can take with him. So um, he will, for example, need to think about actually his network still goes with him. His little black book of um, contacts still goes with him. He's not losing contact with the people. Um, but um, other things he's going to need to say goodbye to, whether that's um, uh an office that he likes in a great location that's really easy for him to get to from home, for example. It may suddenly be much harder to get to his new place of work. And, and that creates a sense of, of loss, a sense of difficulty. Um, and so it's good for the individual to be able to think through, what what do I need to get closure on? How do I celebrate that ending as well? The celebration piece is really important. It's a bit like, um, you know, marking endings with rituals, um, as, as we used to do as a human race, um, as people pass through transitions. So the more you can ritualize something, the, um, easier that transition becomes. And then, um, after you've uh, helped the person to, to mark the ending and celebrate the ending, then um, you get into this period of not knowing. So this is the no man's land. And this is where the coach can help the individual to think through questions like, what is this new role going to be like? Um, what are my fears and doubts about it? Perhaps I've got some limiting beliefs um, to work through. Did I make the right decision even? Um, and I've been working with somebody recently who's going through exactly this, this kind of thing. And, you know, there's this real tug of war between I've made this decision to go to this new company, but I'm, I'm, I'm still unsure. Have I made the right decision? And there's this kind of toing and froing and, and you can imagine that kind of, um, emotional turmoil can get in the way. And it's very natural. So we're not talking about trying to get rid of it. Uh, we're simply trying to articulate it and work through it. So you can't necessarily go fast through this no man's land, but you can help yourself to get through the, the no man's land. Mm. Um, and then, you know, figuring out what are some better or how could how could he reframe his beliefs in a way that might help him to move forward instead of staying stuck or looking back to the past? Um, and and also thinking about what are the important questions that he needs to start asking when he gets into the workplace, and and who is he going to ask? 
And then, of course, you have got the new beginning. And so you want to make a good first impression in the first 90 days or so. And this is where he can work with his coach to strategize about what's most important for those first 90 days. What do you spend your time on to get yourself and your new team up the productivity curve as quickly as possible and and make your employer feel like they made a good investment? And so, I mean, I think that's a really interesting example because I suppose when we think about people having to deal with change, and uncertainty, we often think about situations where it's being imposed upon them. So, you know, the, an organisation restructure, a downsizing, a redundancy, that kind of thing. Mm. Um, but what you've just um, explained there is that actually um, it can be chosen by the individual. I mean, the individuals choose to start a new job. They've chosen yep. to apply to a new company. Um, and while the rest of the world is probably thinking, well, they chose this. This is a very positive thing for them. Um, you know, what you've highlighted there is that they still go through the same process. Yes, exactly right. And, you know, even when you go through a promotion as well, you know, it's a very positive thing. But at the same time, you're thinking about what are you having to leave behind as a result of that promotion? What do you have to jettison that you, you can't do anymore? Um, and so there are still losses equated with promotions there's losses equated with having a baby you know which for uh, many people is the happiest thing that ever happens to them and yet of course they lose the ability to um to you know just go off and have a weekend um on their own uh, you you can't do that once you have a baby so so even the happiest of circumstances the happiest of changes create um, a need for transition mm. to happen well. Yeah. So I guess the thing that strikes me, Claire, is that actually individuals are going through change all the time. As you say, people are you know, getting pregnant, getting married, moving house, mm. getting promoted, starting new jobs, you know, all of that. Mm. Um, in our very uncertain, ever-changing world, organizations are now changing all the time so it strikes me that probably everybody um, is going through some form of change and transition and giving every individual in in an organization a coach to help them through that is going to be a little bit um, unaffordable Mm. yeah and this is where it's really important for managers to be able to apply the same kind of principles of managing people through change and through transition. Um, so, you know, it's those three things. It's making good endings, working through the no man's land, and then making good beginnings. And, um, you know, with the the underpinning human vulnerabilities that go with all of that. And I've seen that done well in some organizations, and it can really make a difference. Um, in fact... Um, a, a model that I've seen recently is where managers from other organizations coach people in your organization. So you have this kind of reciprocal agreement. Because what I was saying earlier about um, if, if you don't have trust in that relationship, especially because of performance management kind of gets in the way, then actually it, you still want to have that coaching but you would rather have it from somebody who's neutral. And uh, so I like the this 
model of managers from other organizations coaching you um, and you know then the other organization gets coaching from your organizational managers uh, I think that's a good way to overcome that that particular issue um, what about, I mean you know when we talk about manager as coach um, we're quite often talking about um, the manager uh, providing coaching with a focus on task and results um, mm. and, and performance so whether it's their own people or um, other employees in the organization it is a focus on a performance and task mm. here you're talking a lot about emotion um, does that require a higher level of skill well I'm not saying that they need to be psychotherapists <laughs> but I do <laughs> But I, but I do know that managers don't necessarily feel equipped to allow emotions to surface in the workplace. Um, but as far as I'm concerned, people need to be heard. They need to feel that they're heard. So the main skill really is around listening and empathizing and asking them good questions to help them to unravel the stuff that's going on in their heads. Um, this this whole process of talking out loud, somehow it has this really magical effect of freeing, freeing up our brain to, to think more creatively, to, to solve the stuff that's been churning over there inside our heads for so long. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, asking good questions, listening and empathizing are the most important aspects. And and feeling that it's okay to move towards the fear, to acknowledge the fear, because actually that diminishes the power of the, the fear of the unknown. And um, once the emotion loses its stra- stranglehold, then employees can then get back to producing the results that you want from them. So, you know, it's a way to actually get to that point of managing tasks and managing um productivity but you're actually starting from a different place you're starting from the point of uh helping the individual to figure out what's going on for them uh warts and all in order to help them to move forward with producing results Mm. so i guess a number of the od and and talent development professionals listening to this um who will you know often be responsible for helping facilitate organizational change I guess you know, one message is you know, don't just focus on the organization, um, focus on the individuals and what's going on for them in terms of transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is equip your managers to have um, helpful coaching conversations either with their own employees or with other employees in the organization. But I guess the third point um is, you know, if needed and when appropriate, bring in an, a higher level skilled coach who can help with that transition. And I wonder if we can just finish off with you um, giving us a little bit of a clue of, you know, what are the triggers that say, you know what, it's time to bring in some expert help. What would mm. these people see um, that said, yeah, okay, maybe it's time to hire someone like Claire or someone like Antoinette or mm-hmm. another coach to, to help us with this. Well, I think part of that is around um, 
the amount that you're investing in the person. So, of course, that means the more senior they are, the more you're paying them, the more um, of a kind of a ripple effect that person is going to have on the rest of the business. So the higher up an organization a person is, they're going to have an influence on all of the people that they touch in your organization. So from that point of view, I think it's really important to recognize that 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 would be a great investment at that level of the organization. Um, Then if you've, of course, if you've got high potentials, who you want to groom to get to the top of the organization, um, those also could be um, could be a place to invest. So particularly if you've got people making a very big promotion jump, um, let's say from senior manager to uh, senior executive, that's, you know, there's such different expectations there about um, the 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 role and their responsibilities and how now they're leading the organization. They're not only leading themselves and leading teams, but they really are a figurehead for the organization. You might also, um, quite a few organizations invest in maternity returners because their lives have changed immeasurably and they need to figure out how do I do this thing that I was so good at before um, and now I have somebody else to think about and, and how do I actually juggle that how do I um, make that transition back into the workplace um, the other place that I think it's important to to think about investing is people who are taking on managerial responsibilities for the first time again that's such a big shift going from individual contributor to uh, a manager of people there's um, you know different um, values that are needed, different ways of spending your time. And so that's something that I think people could do with some help with making that shift and knowing what they now need to leave behind. And, you know, the individual really gets time to think, they get more self-awareness, increased resilience, clearer vision, stronger relationships. And as a result of that, the business then gets shorter time to productivity they get much higher retention, they get higher engagement and cost reductions. So you can see that from that, you know, the business gets so much that mm. it's worth that investment in the in the people in order to um, get the impact on the business. Mm. I guess, um, yeah, the phrase that strikes me is not can we afford to invest in a transition coach for this individual, but can we afford not to? Um, yes. You know, in, in terms of the risk of that transition not happening effectively or quickly yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you take, for example, the the um, new hire coming into an organization, a senior executive, you've probably invested, what, I don't know, £250,000 probably in um, recruiting costs and then a joining bonus, for example, and, you know, you want them to get up to speed as quickly as you can. And you certainly don't want them at the end of six months to say, I really don't feel like I fit in. I'm going to go. Mm. You know, you've wasted all that money and also time. And uh, so, yeah, you can't afford not to um, provide them with transition coaching from that point of view. That's fabulous. Claire, thank you so much. I think, a lot, you know, obviously everyone's very familiar with coaching. Um, as a, an intervention, but hearing about 
the specifics of transition coaching and the value that that can add to facilitating organisational change has been really interesting and incredibly valuable. Um, I mentioned at the beginning that you are a prolific blogger. Um, if people want to read more of your thoughts, where should where will they find your blog? Uh, they should go to www.beingasunbeam.com and they will find Lovely. my blog there. Great. Well, Claire, thank you very much. Um, I will post this up on my blog and I'll also provide um, Claire's contact details there as well. And thank you to everyone listening. If you have any thoughts or comments you'd like to share, then please um, share them on my blog um, and, and or Claire's blog, um, and we'd love to hear from you. So talk to you next time.